Good morning, everyone. Happy, happy Thursday. I hope everyone is having a fantastic week. We're going live. Welcome to Ladder Talk Live. I am your host today. I'm Coach Lena. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, like I said, we're live. We are on Instagram. We are on Entree. We are on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Wherever you happen to be watching this, make sure you are subscribed to this channel. Make sure you are following me so that you are notified each and every time I go live. Every time there's some um, exciting news that I share, a lot of information um, I share on my profile. So just make sure that you are connected so you don't miss out on new opportunities coming your way. Once again, I'm Coach Alina. This is Ladder Talk Live. We are here Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and we are talking about business and career. Now, you will see me shift because Instagram is on my phone in front of me, but I also have the computer right behind the phone. So in case you see me shifting, that is the reason why. Um, if this is your first time, feel free to introduce yourself in the chat, say good morning or good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Would love to greet you, would love to say thank you for joining. Uh, we are in offers week. We have been uncovering a lot of juicy information as it pertains to the offer this week. Uh, for some of you uh, who've been joining along, you've got a lot of tips and tricks to utilize for your next offer. Uh, a lot of the things that we've been learning, you can actually utilize inside of your career and outside. Uh, negotiation and offers week, we did, we've talked about a lot of things that you can utilize, not just in your nine to five, but in your business, in your personal relationships, et cetera. So if you are just now tuning in, make sure after this particular session is done to catch the replays because everything that I've gone over this week has been pivotal and important in your journey. Uh, and, and you'll find each and every episode to be a treat. So uh, today we are talking about 10 questions to ask when negotiating a job offer. We'll talk about how to determine your salary. If it's in line with industry standards, we're gonna talk about what questions you should ask when it comes to compensation. We'll also discuss questions you should be asking about things like benefits, time off, um, how to negotiate things like relocation costs, signing bonuses. Some of this we did touch earlier this week, but we'll just continue to dive in deeper to ensure you have a clear understanding. Some of the things I'm sharing with you does have a little bit of repetitiveness, but I, I repeat certain things because I, I it's some of the most important things. So sometimes you have to hear it more than once for it to soak in. So uh, keep in mind, this is a live show. So if you have any questions along the way, Make sure that you are uh, ensuring that you're asking those questions. Hello, Mary. Nice to see you. Long time no see. Thank you so much for joining. Um, so again, we are here live Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. This is negotiation. Excuse me. This is offer week. And today we are talking about 10 questions. 10 questions that you should be asking during job offers. We have hiring managers, we have recruiters, we have other people in the chat that can um, uh, chime in as necessary because they're doing the same things on a regular basis. So they can confirm whether or not some of these things are relative to, uh, to your week. So let's get started on things that we want to talk about this week. Again, 10 questions to ask when negotiating a job offer. So of course, 
Number one, first and foremost, what is the salary? We wanna make sure, good morning, Jamel, we have a clear understanding exactly about what the heck is the salary? What are you going to be paying for this role? What is my what, what are my earnings going to be? You need to identify, okay, with the salary, what is your take-home pay? Don't just get excited by the overall number because we all know taxes have to come out, uh, contributions have to come out, benefits have to come out. What is your take-home pay? That's going to help you really understand how much negotiating you really need to do to get to your bottom line. Now, we'll talk about this in interview week, but before you go into an interview, you should be knowing what your bottom, bottom line is, what you need to survive, what you need to thrive financially. In interview week, we'll dive into this a little bit more, specifically what things need to be on your list. But for the purposes of offer week, we should have already identified what numbers you, do you need to see for it to make sense. We need to identify with everything taken out, what are you bringing home on a monthly basis, on a biweekly basis, however compensation is given. Number two, what is my annual raise potential? Now, this is going to be the key. Many of you are missing this piece. Many of you are staying at a company for two, three, four, five, 15 years too long, and you're only getting a 3% raise. A 3% raise in comparison to market value annually is leaving money on the table. Now, it's important that you're negotiating at not just the offer, but the renegotiation down the line after you've been there for some time and proven yourself. As, as raises come out, you need to be advocating for yourself. So it's important to know what is the typical increase. Typically, it's 3%. Maximum in a lot of cases is 5%. But that doesn't mean it's the golden rule. You can, you can negotiate these things. And let's say they didn't come to you at your, your total amount that you wanted. These are things you can negotiate on the back end. You can say, okay, if I meet my quota, let's say I improve company, let's say you're an HR, I improve company um, satisfaction by 20%, I deserve a $10,000 raise, $15,000 raise, whatever it is that you decide that needs to be. Get that in writing so that it can be tracked, so that you can put this paper down when it's when it's time to have these conversations about merit increases, and you can say, I, I met my objective. These are things you want to negotiate. Sometimes you may not have the wiggle room uh, in some companies to negotiate it up front. So let's negotiate on the back end. Keep that in mind. What are the company benefits like? Get a true understanding about this because a lot of people just accept the benefits but don't really um, look into what are the real costs. And that goes back to number one, what is the real salary and what is it after everything comes out? So you really need to understand what exactly are you looking at from a benefits perspective. So Mary says, now Mary is a, um, a veteran in the HR space. And she says, most recruiters will not have knowledge of contributions, et cetera, that would be taken out. And it depends on what the candidate likes for benefits for, for a contribution. That is true. And if you don't know, and your recruiter doesn't know, their job is to lean in on their HRBP. 
their human resources business partner to answer those questions. Don't just accept the, the I don't know. If you're a candidate, ask your recruiter to connect you with someone who can give you the answer. Don't we're we are further along in our careers now that we can't just settle for I don't know and be okay with that. Go to the person who does know. Thank you for that input, Mary. Number four, obviously this is pretty important. When do you get paid? This isn't just about um, the payout, but it's also about when they expect you to start working. So of course your start date, but performance. Because remember, if we're negotiating for the back end, we need to know when does the, the clock start? When do they expect you to start performing? How long is training? What's the probationary period? How long is the probationary period? Not every company does that. I, I, so I, some of you may be scratching your head like, what do you mean probationary period? Not every company does that, but some do. And you need to know, is it 90 days? Is it 30 days? 60 days? All of those things are important. For those who do not have that, it's also important to understand what is the training period? How long is training? And then how long will it take typically for me to be out on my own? Depending on what the role is, how long do you expect me to start taking the reins on independently? Once you understand that, you know in reverse, okay, this is my start time to perform, to truly perform for that back-end negotiation we talked about. Now, again, this is all a part of the conversation. We're talking about before you even accept the offer, we're negotiating here. Can I work remotely or from home at least one day a week or a couple of days a week or how many days per month? All of this needs to be written out and documented. If you have, if you are working at a company or if you're offered at a company that is just doing virtual for a moment, but intends to then in, um, have people return to office, if you have negotiated the fact that I am not going to be returning to office at all, or I'm only going to be coming in a certain number of weeks, don't just take it at face value. You need to have it in writing. If something happens and your manager is no longer there, you need their uh, successor to know this has already been pre-approved. And it can't just be a conversation. They said that's not enough. Everything needs to be documented. So if, if in the event that you do have those particular situations where you've negotiated certain things verbally, make sure it reflects in the um, job offer. Needs to be written in writing. Okay. Exactly, Mary. The candidate needs to know if the position is exempt or non-exempt. Very, very good point. Those are other things you want to make sure in terms of the compensation uh, in terms of hours, am I going to be paid time and a half? If I have a discrepancy, who do I take that up with? These are all things that need to be had. This is the preliminary phase uh, before you join a company. And these are the things that are important for you to know as you move on and as you make an educated decision. You can't possibly be making an educated decision if you don't have the answers to these questions. So take what I'm sharing with you today and know how important that is. Thank you, Mary. Mary agrees. Great point. Get the get it documented always. If it isn't written down, it never happened. We've all been there. 
We have all been there. And we know from personal experience the importance of documentation. In, in your whole life, honestly, not just at work, but in every business interaction you have with another business, you need to make sure you're documenting. Another question, how many sick days am I allotted a year or personal time? Some companies uh, have unlimited. Some do not. So don't assume. Make sure you ask. Make sure are they separating PTO from sick time or is that included? What are the stipulations for it to be counted? What, what is required? Understand before you say yes, what you, these are all of the things that are important. It's beyond, oh, I just, I love this place and I just want to work here. And, uh, you know, I'm just so excited about this job opportunity. You need to know all of the details because you'd hate to start somewhere and then realize you had no idea the, the back, the behind the scenes information that matter. All these little details matter. They affect your dollars and cents, as I like to say. They affect your time. And they, they, they affect your longevity at that company. What kind of support? So number eight, what kind of support does this company offer for professional development and training programs? Now, for me personally, this is a major one because I, as I continue to advance in my career, it's important for me to be able to constantly be, be um, allowed or able to take additional training and development opportunities and, and courses. Now, it's important to pre-have pre this discussion, you know, because some companies are, depending on if it's a support role or what whatever type of position it is, you are so bogged down on the role, you don't have time to go to conferences and training events to hone in on your craft. These are, in my opinion, red flags. If I don't have time, if you don't give me the time to uh, give back to myself, which brings brings a better a, a better employee to, to work, something isn't going to add up when the time comes. So make sure you're asking these questions. Ask the peers that they're allowing you, your peer reviews. They're, they're going to allow you to have these conversations. What, what was the last training event you attended? What was the last training event um, that you hosted? Or conference you attended? How are you staying up, up on your opportunities or not opportunities, but, but your craft? All of these are important things to, to understand because this is a true total compensation package. Some people think compensation package is just your benefits, your salary, your 401k, your RSUs, your stock options, and that's it. But this is included in that. And, and the higher up you go, you need to have them a lot um, a training budget to your department, the higher up you are, that's important. That's going to be important to your uh, direct reports. Now, as you get into management, you're advocating for not just your opportunities, but your team's opportunities. You So other questions you need to ask beyond as it affects you, what is my budget for my team? What, what is the, the budget for their upward mobility, for their training? What's the scope? These are all things you want to know because as you're in leadership and grow in management, all of these things are relevant to not just yourself. This, this is morale affecting your team, which affects your longevity as a manager. 
If you have high turnover on your team, it's a reflection of you. So ask these questions, negotiate this as well, because this is going to be a positive influence to your team. What's the work-life balance? Now, this is a, a, a high, complex, uh, convoluted um, topic, work-life balance. Right now, we're in a place where a lot of us are working remotely. And if you don't have a designated office space, it may be your kitchen table. It may be your sofa. It may be a desk in your room where you really don't have that ability to just leave it. You're constantly at the desk or you're constantly a few more minutes turns into a few more hours. Make sure you have a company that that really values work-life balance. I work at a company now where my company is, is, why are you still working? It's five o'clock. Go, go, go. You're done. It'll be here tomorrow. You need a company that values your time just as much as you value theirs. Because that reset time outside of work allows you to come back the next day refreshed. If you're working 12, 14 hour days, you don't have time to reset. It's as if you never left. And I can say this from experience. I used to work at a company and I used to work 12 hour days. I'm sure many of you have experienced that. Some of it was by choice. Some of it was not. And do you think I felt like I had that work-life balance? I did not. So it's important, and this is a part of what we're talking about in Offers Week, that you're select this. Again, we're talking about this in Interview Week as well, but this part of your offer is in the selection process of a business of, of, that you're going to be joining. Do they value you? Because when a company makes a job offer, they have selected the best investment for the company. You, in turn, need to make the best investment of your time. Do they value it? Do they praise it? Or are they saying, yeah, you can take the weekend off, but I mean, we might miss our deadline or we might, you know, whatever the case may be. then they guilt you into working longer hours. That's not the company I wanna work for. That's why it's important to do your due diligence and look at the reviews that your predecessors, your, your former employees or current employees have anonymously shared. Take that into consideration and address it. Don't be afraid to bring up negative things that you've read about a company. Give them an opportunity to defend themselves or give them an opportunity to indicate we have, that was us in the past, but we are no longer that. And this is what we have done to change that. These are important things. We've all had a past. We as companies have all had a past as just as we as people. Leadership may have changed. A lot of things have changed that may have given the company a, a new face to employee engagement. Good morning, Nicole. Mary says, also ask about bonus for the position, urines and sign-on bonuses. If it's hard to fill the job, may need a sign-on bonus. Absolutely. This is something we talked about yesterday. It's important. If a company, these are things that you can kind of understand. If a position has been open, it's July, it's been open since, since February, 
and you've gotten an offer, you're in control of things. You're, you're in the driver's seat here. You can leverage that. They finally found the one. Not to say they didn't find it before, but something they fell out or whatever the case may be. Use that. That's negotiating power. Close that gap. Not saying take advantage of it, but be aware that that is a bargaining tool. To ask for more, to leverage that level of experience that you bring to the table. Again, we're not just saying, hey, give me more money just because. We're, we're, We're giving true reasons as to why. And that's something we'll talk about later, but that's some, that's what we're we're talking about. Okay. And then number 10, how would you describe your manager, your future manager's management style? Sometimes you can just ask. Sometimes you can pick up on it. Remember, when you speak to the peers that you'll be working with, ask them. But remember, they're going to just probably tell you what you want to hear. So look at the nonverbal cues that are being said and not said. Be aware of those cues. What's your work-life balance? What'd you do last week? How, How often is the team hitting their goals? There are ways to ask questions without asking. It gives the person an opportunity to say, well, you know, last month we didn't hit it, but, you know, we've made some adjustments to do this, that, and the other. Or we always hit it. The goals are this, and this is what we make. The tone of a person tells you how much they truly enjoy what they're doing. Now, sometimes that's not always accurate, so I'm not saying use that as a blanket statement, but just be aware. Okay? Be aware. So we are, that's number 10. So let's, how much will you make? Number was number one. Number two, uh, what is the salary? Uh, Excuse me. Number one was what's the salary? Number two, what's the annual raise potential? Number three was company's benefits. When do you get paid beyond just the um, biweekly or monthly or whatever? Um, How long is a probationary period? Can I work remotely or from home? How many sick days? Am I allotted? And uh, what kind of support does this company offer from a professional development perspective? What's the work-life balance here? And how would you describe your management style? These are all key components to truly deciding, will I accept this offer? Is this offer for me? Because everyone, you know, when you you get excited about a position and you're excited about the, the company structure or you're excited about, wow, I finally made it into tech or whatever the case may be specific to you, some of the things will wear off after you do it. The honeymoon phase will pass. So you want to make sure you negotiate it properly in the beginning because that's what will continue to make it stable for you long term. Don't be afraid to push back. You deserve more but you have to ask. So 
This is the end of our episode. Thank you so much, each and every one of you, for joining today. I really appreciate it. Offers Week has been really exciting and um, been very nice to talk about different things, have um, people speak up and, and chat about insider information from an HR management perspective, VP of the HR perspective. So thank you so much for adding value to the conversation. Just some special announcements. Uh, again, July 9th, we have the Software Savvy Queen Conference that is happening this Saturday, 8 a.m to 12 p.m. Pacific time. I will be a speaker at this conference. It will be, uh, I will be talking about leadership as well as interviewing. So be on the lookout if you're looking to get into tech, if you're looking for ways to leverage your experience, if you're looking for information on um, blockchain, all of that, that is what we're uncovering at the Software Savvy uh, Queen Conference this weekend. And then also for those of you who are looking for more support in your career journey, a practical guide to offers in 30 days. The workshop is occurring July 13th, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. To sign up, all you have to do is go to yourfavoritecareercoach.com for the free workshop. We are learning how to attract ideal opportunities without having to go back to school, how to dominate your marketplace faster using my signature framework, and how to become a recruiter magnet from the perspective of a recruiter. So I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your Thursday. Make it impactful, make it powerful, and touch someone else's life. Make it better. I will see you all tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. Have a good one. Bye.